Hello and welcome to the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough. We've got a cracking show for you today. We've had not one, not two, but three review embargoes drop today. If, correct me if I'm wrong if I'm missing one. Uh, so we'll be talking about all those reviews dropping. Uh, we'll also be talking about uh, Jim Ryan stepping down as PlayStation CEO earlier next year. We'll be talking about all the good stuff that he's been doing the last couple of years and maybe some of the not good stuff. We'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about Nintendo shutting down online servers for Wii U and 3DS. Uh, we're about to get into that uh, physical versus digital debate once again. Uh, so stay tuned for that, but not before you see our lovely trailer. Are you prepared to go public with your KD online or? No. Everyone thinks he or she is the best football expert on the planet. You see it in the back page of the mirror, you know, your deal agreed. I think the most important thing is just to have fun. What? Three tenths? No, what button is it? Oh, well, I know. Oh! We're ready to come for the W, yeah? Ooh, 12. Ooh, here we go. If you can master second man press, you will defend 10 times better. Today, I'm going to be reviewing the PSVR 2 headset. Hello and welcome to the Mirror Gamer Walkthrough. Joining me this week is Aaron, Xbox Skeptic. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, yeah, I left that. That's a holdover from last time, that is. So I don't expect to be talking <laughs> much Xbox th this week. Don't want to I, I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Uh, Scott has updated his, though. Scott, thank you so much uh, for joining us this week to talk about all things Nintendo, PlayStation, etc. How are you doing? You all right? I'm, I'm devastated. Okay. Devastated about Jim. <laughs> okay. I'm still, still not recovered. It's all right, mate. Yeah, he's fine. He's going on to bigger and better things. Uh, well, well, we'll debate that a bit later on. Uh, but let's get into our first topic because Aaron has got a, a plane, a bus, a car to catch uh, in about 20 minutes time. So uh, we've only got him for a short amount of time. We're going to eke him out for all he's worth while we've got him here. Um, got Assassin's Creed Mirage uh, reviews dropped today, as did Forza Motorsport, as did Detective Pikachu. What a day. What a day, Aaron. You're involved in two of those for us, Amira Gaiman and, and me for the other one. Um, we'll talk about Assassin's Creed Mirage now, which is the uh, the latest installment in Ubisoft's open-world blockbuster franchise. Uh, it releases tomorrow. It takes a very different approach, however, returning the series to its roots with an emphasis on stealth over exploration with some old-school mechanics returning. Uh, Aaron's been playing it for a few weeks for us. What do you think of the game? Assassin's Creed Mirage. I know Scott's a fan. I know he can't wait to talk about it. I know he can't wait to play it. His glasses are off. The gloves his are off. His glasses are off. Yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I really like Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yeah, like like you said in that that opening, it's kind of like a stripped back approach, less open worldy, less emphasis on loot, far less bloat. Because as someone like like I said, an, an avid Assassin's Creed player, the last Assassin's Creed game I finished to completion was Assassin's Creed Origins, and Odyssey and Valhalla just did not respect your time. Um, but Assassin's Creed Mirage, my reviews are live on both the Mirror Gaming website, mirror.co.uk slash gaming, as well as the Mirror Gaming YouTube channel, which you might be watching this on. Um, so go ahead and check that out. But it's far more uh, from that built in that classic mold. So you've got tighter city streets, um, cool tools to use, emphasis on stealth is back. Um, it's just a grand old time. The problem comes from as a result of being so faithful to those original three games mainly, um, 
it kind of lacks its own identity and Basim as a character just isn't really engaging. I know people like Basim from Valhalla. He's kind of like the one assassin you meet and he's a really intriguing guy. And um, uh, the story being told here doesn't really live up to that uh, um, sort of expectation of him. But overall, it's a great game. I gave it a three out of five. It's just, it, it's an Assassin's Creed game for better and worse. Yeah. So we're linking to the review here. I think you're muted, Nathan. As much as I like the sound of my own voice, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, the review plan. You can see some of the the gameplay here that we just show off in the review. Um, so, in terms of you said that it didn't respect your times of the older games. You mentioned Odyssey there and Valhalla. Um, in terms of Mirage, then how does it go back to its roots? What what mechanics are returning and what what are gone? Yeah, so basically there's far less emphasis on like head-to-head combat now. So if you right. get out, if you if you end up in open combat on the city streets, you're gonna have a, I would say, a tough time. And quite a few times I got my ass handed to me until you, and this is also part of my issue with the game, you realize that basically once you parry any enemy's attack, um, there's an immediate prompt to do an instant kill. And um right. so much like in the old games where basically rather than trying to do heavy attacks and light attacks endlessly, only to have them blocked, it's far more uh, adv- advantageous just to wait until an enemy attacks, mm. then parry, and then follow up with an instant kill. So I was a little bit disappointed on that front. But in terms of old mechanics, pickpocketing, as you're seeing, is back. It's got a better use now because you can actually collect coins um, that are called tokens that have different uses in the world, as well as currency, uh, as well as items that you can sell for currency to unlock cool things like costumes and stuff like that. Um, and mainly you've got the emphasis on stealth as well. So similar to how like the parrying is back, um, a, a stealth kill is a stealth kill. And Odyssey and uh, Valhalla, due to their weird level gating restrictions, got rid of that in the sense mm-hmm. that you could be in a bush there'd be an unsuspecting enemy. And as soon as you grab them to perform a stealth kill, because you were too low a level, this is in Odyssey and Valhalla, um, it wouldn't kill the attacker, which is obviously ridiculous because if, you, yeah. if you're going to like jab someone with a hidden blade in the head, uh, I don't think there's much getting back from that, to be honest. So yeah. um, stealth finally feels viable again uh, in Assassin's Creed Mirage. And that's one of the things it really does well. So, um, and like I said, like the handholds back with the, with the climbing structures, it was ridiculous in Valhalla to the point that you could literally press up on the analog stick from what I remember, and you will climb absolutely anything. There's no thought process put into it at all. Whereas now you have to play a bit more strategically. Can you actually get out of the enemy encampment uh, using the wall that you're running towards? You have to be a bit more, you know, thoughtful and strategic about it. So it does a lot of things well. It just doesn't do a lot of things we haven't seen before Mm. by very nature of it going back to the the original trilogy. Two questions here. One, uh, do you think this will be a success? And two, where where's it going from here? Are, the, are those questions linked? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, because what I'd like to see going forward is Ubisoft to like, similar to how sort of what Nintendo's doing with Zelda is you have your open world 3D Zelda, then you also have your top time Zelda. I know we talked about on the podcast that the Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom of it all might mean that there's suddenly a third pillar. But I'd yeah. like, I think there's value still in this old style of Assassin's Creed. And because basically Ubisoft have come right out and said that we know there's two games in development, at least there's this thing called Assassin's Creed Infinity, which might be a live service platform. But there's two games called Assassin's Creed Hex and Assassin's Creed Red, um, Red being set uh, in ancient China, Hex being set, set during the, the witch trials in, in England. Um, 
And I think at least Red is more, hues more closely to the Valhalla Odyssey style of open world ginormous RPG. And what I'm hoping for is that Hex, by nature of being set in England, is going to be more contained in this Mirage style. Hmm. But then it's basically been all but confirmed. This is one of the cooler moves you're seeing here called Assassin's Focus, where you can pause time and just, you know, you build your focus meter and then take them out. It's really satisfying. Um, so I'd like to see them go down two roads and cater to the two audiences now, because we had like 10 years of this older style of Assassin's Creed before it started to get stale. And then mm. we've only had three of the newer games and then it got stale very, very quickly. So I think it yeah. by alternating, which as we know, Ubisoft likes its annual franchises. I think they could see a lot, a lot of success out of this. Will this game specifically be a success? I hope so. It does everything right for an old school Assassin's Creed game. Um, I think if you're nostalgic for it, you're going to have a lot of enjoyment. And um, let's not forget that this is um, a significantly reduced uh, price point for an Assassin's Creed game. Rather than paying $69.99, which is the going rate for a PS5 and Xbox Series X game now, I think you can pick this one up for £45. I know it's a busy time at the moment, but if you're working on a budget, this isn't on Xbox Game Pass. There you go. I found a, a way to bring it in. So <laughs> basically for £45, you're still getting between 15 and 30 hours of a solid open world game easily the best Assassin's Creed game since Assassin's Creed Origins for my money. Oh, nice. Scott, yeah. what do you make what do you make of it? I mean, not that you've played it, just that I mean <laughs> from I, what you said. I've said this to Aaron, I might have said this on this very podcast. I don't I don't get everyone was knackered of the Assassin's Creed of old. Everyone was like, we're tired of this. This is the same thing. And then what, two or three games later it's like, okay, now we're back to that exact thing i don't know i mean i'm sure the people who want that will like it i, I still kind of hold a grudge for at assassin's creed because like you know after that became popular there was no more prince of persia there was no more splinter cell you know yeah. that was a, better games fell by the wayside for assassin's creed to go annual you know but i don't know it just seems like one of those doesn't it one of those. There you go. That that's the uh, that's the exclusive thoughts of Scott McCray. I think the other thing with Assassin's Creed is once I played Shadow of Mordor, it was over for me mm. because oh, the dogs are going mental. Very sorry. Um, they clearly don't agree, but they're um, allergic to takes. Yeah, no, like Shadow of Mordor with the Nemesis system and all that made the Assassin's Creed thing interesting to me. Yeah. And I feel like a core Assassin's Creed is missing something like that. To yeah. Kinda... Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of it's like yeah. it's like getting a McDonald's. You know, it's like it's fine. You know what you're getting. Yeah. It's you know you're you get what you want every time, and you're fine. Sometimes the chips are too cold, but you it, know. it's the it's the Assassin's Creed is like the comfort food of open world games. Is how I've been describing it. Like it's it's kind of annoying how in each game they remix the mechanics so that like for a while there you couldn't even crouch. There wasn't a dedicated crouch button, which was ridiculous, and there wasn't a dedicated jump button in the couple as well. So because you've got so many different teams working on the same franchise, it's very hit or miss. But yeah, I think this one for the most part, I can understand what Scott's saying. And you might be tired of this older style. I, for one, have missed it. And I think Origins came out in 2016. So it's been like seven years since we've had a game like this. In a while. And I think and I think the reason why I'm happy to return to a game like that is because it is 15 hours and done. It's not Valhalla, which is it just keeps going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And I know I'm making a point of it, but that is literally how it feels. And I've got a friend of mine who loves Assassin's Creed. He's put 150 hours into Valhalla. And I'm like, no, just no. No, 
We've got you know? Jasmine in the chat. Wyvin, thank you so much for watching, Jasmine. Uh, I know she's she's deep in confidential stuff at the moment, uh, which ooh, is very exciting. So twelve, stay tuned. yeah. Um, <laughs> what was that? Tw- <laughs> oh, twelve. The little callback there to my phone. Okay, yeah. Go, yeah. Oh, yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think don't I, I think I, my personal opinion when I stopped being interested in it was when, when there was sort of that underlying story that made it all interesting with the whole. Uh, you had Desmond. I can't even remember. Yeah, Desmond was actually in real. It was like in the current world, and then he plugged yeah. himself in, and then there was sort of a there was two lives you were living at the same time, and there was two sort of balances. I found that really interesting, really unique. And when they sort so of went I. away from that, it, it's sort of like any other game. I mean, really. they started That's... moving away from that with the best one, though. Like Black, what, Flag Black Flag, the best what, one you know? where you went first person. But so I was listening to a podcast recently, which I won't name, but the guy previously worked at Ubisoft and he said that Ubisoft had like um basically whenever a new game release, they have like this this graph and it's kind of like things that people like, things that people don't like, and they would draw a line or whatever. And obviously they want more things that people like that don't like. Mm. Slap bang in the middle, 50-50 was the future present day Assassin's Creed stuff. Oh, really? So basically, and that made a lot of sense. It clicked into my head when you realized that they still put it in a lot of these games, but they made it optional to the point mm-hmm. that I think in Odyssey, you play as a new character called Layla in the present day and you literally exit the Animus. And if you want, you can go right back into the Animus and you never have mm-hmm. to see it again. Yeah. Mirage, there's there's hardly any of that. Desmond's dad comes back right at the beginning. That's not a spoiler because it comes over a voiceover. He's not voiced by the same actor, the guy who played Q in Star Trek, who's got a really good voice, which I'm sad about. But um, yeah, it, if you're looking coming to it for the present day stuff, there's not any of it in Mirage. So cool. Yeah, that well, you gave it, some people's. Yeah, <laughs> you gave it three out of five for us, uh, which is still positive. Uh, worth playing, yeah. right? Worth playing. Worth, Absolutely. Worth playing. Yeah. Um, I, I know you're going to be only here for another six minutes or so. So I'll quickly get your summary of. Uh, oh, yeah. I've just Pikachu. noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pikachu. Um, yeah. Any good? It's um, it's funny because I also gave that a three out of five Um, because what it sets out to do, it does. Do you know what I mean? It's just mm. a case of it's this thing with Pokemon games where it refuses to grow up with its audience because guess what? there's another audience of kids that are always going to keep rolling behind the last one. Yeah. So I only dabbled with the first game, but um, it's basically Danganronpa, Phoenix, Wright, Light. You explore different cases, different regions, talking to characters, solving mysteries. Um, and the chemistry between the two main characters, Tim and, and Detective Pikachu himself, still as brilliant as ever. Um, really early on in the game, you meet, tim's mom and sister character again and there's a direct reference to the fact that they weren't in the movie version of detective pikachu right like oh because in the universe of this world the events of the first game have still happened and tim and pikachu are kind of like minor celebrities and they're like oh yeah it was great for you to and they even made a movie about it so mm, funny they didn't choose to put us in it though and i'm like that is really weird that the very first live action pokemon movie was based on a 2018 nintendo 3ds game that released a year after the nintendo switch did um, and it was a pretty good movie, to be fair. Mr. Mime's really funny in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this game, it's, um, it is what it is on the tin. It's more of the same. You lose the, the touchscreen functionality. Um, it's very obvious what the clues are. It's kind of like, hmm, this, uh, this glass case that was protecting a jewel, it's been sliced uh, by a Pokemon. Yeah. I wonder what Pokemon did that. And then you'll sort of have the option of, four pokemon only one of them's got like blades for hands so right. i was like oh okay, okay i yeah. kind of guess what did that yeah um 
But having said that, voice acting in a Pokemon game, I say this in my review, which isn't live on the channel yet, but it's been published on the, on the website. Like, voice acting in a Pokemon game, it works. It can work. And I've kind of washed my hands with mainline Pokemon games now. I'm going through this with a friend at the moment who's playing Sword and Shield. And I'm like, I I don't want to know, mate. I just don't want to know. I know some people like Legends Arceus. If you want to catch f 15 Diglets in a row, more power to you. I particularly don't. Um, so having said that, as sort of like lukewarm on Detective Pikachu Returns mm. I am, I appreciate it for how unique it is yeah. and the production values, oddly, compared to the mainline games. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that, uh, that three-minute review. Back yeah, good the Pokemon refusing to grow up with the audience. So you're saying you agree with my idea that Detective Pikachu should be chain-smoking and should have a gun. Oh, absolutely. Do you remember that there was that campaign to get Danny DeVito to voice uh, Detective Pikachu? And the guy who does it, it's, he's kind of like generic guy. Do you know what I mean? He's not quite Troy Baker or Nolan North. But obviously, Detective Pikachu, he likes his coffee. He's always banging on about coffee. I feel like if this was a more mature, gear, you know, centric game, which Game Freak and Nintendo Company would ever do, he'd absolutely be chain-smoking as well. So, But in, in my head canon, Scott, I'm right with you that uh yeah he's chain smoking all the time. Maybe maybe that's the future. Maybe that's the future. Yeah. Uh talking but about that's... the future, let's go quickly because uh, on you've got to go in two minutes. I know, I know. I want to get your I want to get, get your thoughts on Jim Ryan stepping down as PlayStation CEO. He's going to step down in March 2024 after almost 30 years with the company. Bit of a shock decision. Uh thoughts, Aaron? Yeah, so I'll let Nathan and Scott give their uh, nickel and dime. You can stop hearing my voice, everybody, in a second. But um, I think Jim Ryan, it's too early to tell what his impact uh, on PlayStation in general will be because a lot of the things that we're still experiencing, obviously we've got Marvel Spider-Man 2 coming out later this month, would have been set in place and okayed by his predecessor, a guy I really like a lot called Sean Layden. He's the guy who came out that one year with a Crash Bandicoot uh, t-shirt, got everybody hyped up on it. And guess what? He actually delivered and a new Crash Bandicoot game came out, the Insane Trilogy, followed up by four. Whereas Jim Ryan, I feel like he's very much been the custodian of these first party single player cinematic games. And as we all know, PlayStation's remit going forward is all live service. And that comes directly from Jim Ryan. So that's not something that particularly appeals to me. There's been reports this week that, unfortunately, Naughty Dog contractors are suffering from layoffs. Uh, they're having a lot of trouble getting this Last of Us multiplayer live service game off the ground. Guys, you can, and we've just seen it with Sega and Hyenas, right? Like Scott played that game at Gamescom. I'm sure he could tell you about it. That game was, for all I know, was in good shape. So we played it on the stream as well. We played it. On oh the yeah, you played it on the stream. Yeah. Of course you did. Um, save that and lock it in a box somewhere yeah, yeah, it'll be yeah, worth yeah. something one day <laughs> um uh so yeah um he, he's yet to impress me to be honest Do you know what i mean because he was there too short a time he was only there for four mm. years sean Layden was there for five so a little bit more but because the development of games is, is so protracted these days i feel like only looking back uh maybe in a good two yeah. three years time will we see what his legacy ends up being yeah yeah. absolutely well thank you so much you timed that to absolute perfection Aaron thank you so much for joining us for this short 20 minutes no uh, sorry I have to dash off but have a good rest of your show thank um, you very much Nathan he's got good words to say about Forza Motorsport alright so listen to those words we'll get we'll get into that we'll get yeah. into that don't yeah. worry thanks Aaron uh, bye guys see you, in, see you in a little bit see you in a little bit bye. 
Scott, your opinion. We've got a uh, Mr. Binkles gamer. I don't believe I don't believe the Nintendo Network is shutting down. We'll get into that, Mr. Binkles, in a bit. It's not the whole Nintendo Network. It's the uh, th- it's the Wii U and 3DS. They're going to shut the online servers. We're going to get into that in a bit. But we're just talking about Jim Ryan stepping down as PlayStation CEO. I'm just going to give a little bit more context around that. Um, he said he took the decision to leave over issues he had living in Europe while working in North America. So he said that I've relished the opportunity to have a job I love in a very special company, work with great people. I will leave having been privileged to work on products that have touched millions of lives across the world. Uh, Sony's chief operating officer, uh, Hiroko uh, Tataki, uh, I, th- I think I pronounced that correctly, uh, will take over as interim CEO following Mr. Ryan's departure. So he's going to be COO and CEO. That's quite a, quite a job mix there. Um Scott, what what's your take on 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 Jim Ryan stepping down, and what, what do you think? Do you think this is going to change anything with with PlayStation? I mean, from from what I hear from people at PlayStation, Jim Ryan is quite well beloved. He's quite you know well yeah. thought of, but in terms of where PlayStation is and where PlayStation has went under him, I'm not the biggest fan. Like Aaron said, mm-hmm. Sean Layden. I really liked, I thought Sean Layden was, you know, he seemed to care more. Like Jim Ryan seemed like a buzz, like an EA kind of, you know, whatever the guy at EA is, who seems like a robot. I know exactly who you mean, yeah. He, Jim Ryan seems like more of a, this is my business, where Sean Layden seemed like more of a, you know, like One he of loves us. PlayStation, you know. Yeah. Um, the same way Phil Spencer pretends to be, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I mean, like, you know, under Jim Ryan, what, what's happened? Okay, uh, why would anyone play this when he was looking at classic games? Um, Japan Studios shut down. Sony have just been making more and more of the kind of boilerplate AAA, like, you know, their form, like Sony's format, you know, um, which started under Sean Layden, and those are good games, but it's steadily becoming that and then live service stuff. Yeah. Which is where they're going. Japan Studios done all of their kind of like Japanese and kind of PS1 franchises are all gone. Like there's no medieval, there's no tape escape. There's no, you know, mm. it's all become very, I don't want to say bland because like God of War is still good. You know, they're yeah. still good games, but it's like they've got a thing and yeah. they're kind of stuck to that um and then stuff like destruction all stars where like you know for a company this biggest thing is how amazing their like single player like big games are a a pivot into live service where like the folks are like you know the likes of naughty dog are now making multiplayer games it's like so i i can't say i will particularly miss them but then again Maybe the next one will be worse. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Be careful but like, what you wish for, you know. Like just to quickly, like Sean Layden brought back local Roku. He brought back like medieval, like stuff that no one really cares about. Like I care about, but like you know, they're not going to be selling like nine million copies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, so it's m- le- less of a sort of uh, 
yeah, it's more of like a business decision that has mm. been taken. Um, I mean, PlayStation is a business, right? So it's, they've got to make money, but yeah. there, are, there are also bits that you, you need to give a little bit back to the community, don't you, to to, to have well, that sort of positive impression and with the brand and everything. If, like, if Nintendo were run the same way, you know, we wouldn't see another Metroid game. We wouldn't see yeah, another, yeah. you know, F Zero yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, know? yeah, that's true. That's very true. We'll get on to Nintendo. Don't worry, Scott. We'll get on to Nintendo in a little bit. It's in, it's really interesting time, isn't it, for PlayStation? Because it wasn't that long ago that we we're saying, you know, Xbox is in trouble. The first party games that have got coming out, everything's reliant on Starfield, right? That was only a couple of months ago. And now, if you look at Sony uh, and PlayStation's lineup, you've got Spider Man Two. Which is coming, and then Death, Death Stranding too. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, I, uh, Death Stranding else? two. Death Stranding two is the most interesting thing they've got. I think. I mean, I yeah. like Spider Man, but it's like it's just Assassin's Creed. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah an yeah, open yeah. world yeah. game. This is I was going to mention that earlier, actually. The thing I said about Shadow of Mordor having that extra thing to make mm. it interesting. Spider Man's yeah. the same. If you took the swinging out of Spider-Man, well, that'd be stupid, but you know what I mean? If you look at that game <laughs> without taking the swinging and the mobility into question, it's just an Assassin's Creed game. It's just go here, do these map marker things, find parts of the map, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, God of War, well, get a new game, you know? They've got a lot of, like... Horizon. Yeah, they've got a lot of things in the bank that are like, yeah, this will come. Like, I knew Last of Us is on the way. Yeah, I knew yeah, yeah. Uncharted is probably on the way, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it was just Spider Man and um, Death Stranding in yeah. terms of. So, I mean, they have Marathon and the other stuff they announced, like the other live service stuff. Yeah, that I've yeah, already forgotten about. But yeah, yeah, we watched that PlayStation Direct, didn't we? Not long ago, and there was there was a couple of first party ones that had like no dates on them. It's just like mm. coming soon or twenty twenty four. So, um, but I think that's that's it for twenty twenty three now for PlayStation. So we'll have to see. It's it's very def, very definitely a very interesting time uh, for the new CEO, and we'll see if they carry on with this uh, obsession or focus on on uh, live service, and see if that comes to fruition. Maybe it's too late to stop that, and we'll see that over the next couple of years. But I just like like Aaron mentioned, hyenas. I don't understand why someone wants to get into live service now. Because yes, mm. if you do succeed, you're golden, you know. But how many how have? I, I really like Hyenas. Yeah. How is that going to compete with Fortnite? How is that going to yeah. find its way in a market that has Fortnite, Warzone, Apex? GTA Online. Even stuff like Apex, which is huge, feels weak. Yeah. Like PUBG yeah, yeah. is huge, but it doesn't Valorant, feel like... CSGO like, 2. Even beating the smaller ones will be a task, yeah. far less beating like Fortnite and all that, you know? Yeah. So same thing same with thing. X Defiant, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like oh, Ubisoft are, are trying to make a you know FPS game, arena shoot or whatever. And it's like even if it's like good, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna. That's not good enough to it's make good. players go. I'm not buying X Defiant uh, over. I'm buying X Defiant over Call of Duty. Like that's yeah. just not gonna. Yeah. X Defiant is good audience. until the next Call of Duty comes out. Yeah. But now I think they've missed their mark because if it comes yeah. out next to Call of Duty. Does it work for them? Call of Duty is here, like it's it's next month, you know. It's um, oh god, I don't have something to say there. 
<laughs> forgotten about so hyenas like why get into for you know live yeah. service games I mean, now marathon like it looked really interesting but you have the same sort of conversation if that's what happens into... to destiny at that point mm. bungie is now competing with itself as well yeah you know it's like yeah it's ah yeah that's what i was gonna say a couple of weeks ago when i had the discussion about mobile games and how i think that a lot of things they saw, like a lot of publishers were like, okay, oh, that's that, that ironic. confidential source? That's a, that's a mobile. Um... <laughs> Is it a game? Lot... Notification. Have you got something yeah, to plant on Farmville or something? Uh, I've been playing that Monster Hunter one, but no, oh, it's okay. not that. Um, <laughs> how I said, a lot of people, a lot of publishers saw the success of mobile games and were like, that's the future. Yeah consoles can go away you know that's why the ps4 and the xbox one struggled so much because there was such a do consoles have a place anymore yeah or mobile games take over but then you slowly realize that mobile games don't work on phones really it's the same kind of thing like everyone's like okay the market wants a Fortnite. let's add Nicki minaj and the boys characters to call of duty you know but like it's until the next thing comes around like yeah after Fortnite, how many battle royales showed up after Tarkov, how many extraction shows showed yeah, up? You know, yeah, yeah. chasing trends isn't the way to go, I don't think. Mm. But what do I know? It's interesting you said about mobile games because obviously Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard is almost through. Um, expecting for a decision on that in the next few weeks and months. Uh, that will include King, right? Who yeah, are that's... That's kind of flown under the radar, hasn't it? Yeah. Everyone's Candy been so Crush. stressed about Call of Duty and yeah. um, cloud gaming that, you know, everyone just ignores that King is like, King Huge. will make back that 70 billion in like two weeks from someone's Probably. nan, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's, 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 I, th- I would argue that the new PlayStation CEO has got quite a job on their hands. For the next few years because they'll have to fight against not only their internal like you know single player games do we want to make single player do we want to make live service but they've also got a fight against uh xbox's first parties and the fact that they've got call of duty and the fact they've got mobile games uh like it'll like be, candy crush as well it'll be interesting to see because i think xbox has been like constantly tripping over its own shoes you know mm. like redfall you know Starfield didn't end up the way people wanted it to be. Like, I don't think nope. Starfield's made as near a big of an impact as everyone thought it would. Yeah, I agree you know, with that. like especially yeah. releasing next to like Baldur's Gate. Um, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's a good example of the thing I'm talking about. If you pitched like a CRPG to someone, it'd be like a you know versus like a live service game. What one would get more of a budget? Probably the live service game. But like mm. then something like Baldur's Gate will come out. And there's definitely someone within Sony or Microsoft being like, okay, let's make one of these, you know, let's get a... Mm. It's it's the type of thing. Um, and yeah, so, you know, what happens to Activision under Microsoft? Do they keep fumbling? I think that's Sony's biggest mm. thing. I think that's been Sony's yeah. biggest thing since, like, the Xbox One came out, that like, Microsoft can't seem to stop tripping over its own feet, you know? like <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah, not that it we're winning, true. it's that you're losing, you know? Yeah. Also, if Jim Ryan was the person who signed off PlayStation Portal, then good riddance. 
right? Apparently, I don't know if this was like a satire article. Apparently, in Japan, the PlayStation Portal is like selling out. Apparently, really? pre-orders are going wild for the. I know pre-orders Portal. are open. Um, is that yeah. because there's a certain different culture in in? Yeah, Japan? I mean, Japan loves portables. Yeah. Um, like that's the reason Monster Hunter was a 3DS franchise for the longest yep. time. That's probably most of the reason why the Switch became such a big deal. Um, yeah, apparently the wow, it's selling well, it in Japan for pre-orders. Which well, is... um, they're going to make money on that because it's basically just a controller with a little screen yeah. in it, right? For two hundred quid, so dual sense edge price probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so. The next PlayStation CEO, um, whoever has that job, does have a job on their hands. And talking about uh, things being taken out of people's hands, uh, Nintendo shutting online servers for Wii U and 3DS. Uh, this is a courtesy of uh, Scott McRae for Mirror Gaming. Uh, Nindo, Nintendo has announced that online services will be taken offline for the Nintendo Wii U and Nintendo 3DS in April 2024. The 3DS and Nintendo Wii were the final handheld and console duo before Nintendo combined the two into one for the Nintendo Switch. Um, So this comes seven months after the 3DS and Wii U uh, eShops were closed for good. Uh, They've now announced that online features for both consoles will be made unavailable in April 2024. Um, So this means essentially... Online features associated with games will no longer work. You won't be able to play multiplayer against different people on those consoles as well. That will be just completely gone. Uh, Pokemon Bank, an app which allows you uh, to store and transfer your Pokemon between games, will remain available for the near future, however. But yeah, most games will just be available offline now. You won't be able to play them online. That's from April 2024. Um I don't really know where to where to go with this, Scott. I mean, they've already I mean, shut the e shop, right? Yeah. Um, were they were they on long enough for them to justify it, or is it too early? Where, where do you? Cause I, mean, I don't. The the PS3 still gets supported online. Yeah, I think that support for that ended like the year the Wii U came out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's Nintendo are constantly quite bad at this. I don't know. They're such a they're a company about legacy and like their old yeah. franchises and all that. But now the only way to get Donkey Kong sixty four is gone. You know, like the Wii U yeah. was the last place you could get it. It's not on the Switch. So what do I do if I want to play that? I either track down a copy for like two hundred quid, or I just like. You know, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Yes, tough. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's it's just another in a long line of like Nintendo dropping the ball with like yeah. preservation and keeping stuff available. And again, like when the uh, they were talking about shutting the Vita, the PS3, and the PSP down, uh, and there was enough of a backlash, they were like, okay, the PS3 and the Vita are staying up, and the PSP went down, but like. I mean, all that stuff's available on the Vita anyway, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. But, like, there are games on the Wii U that are 
you know, like Splatoon 1 is like a multiplayer game, you know? And it's useless. I, mean, I know a lot of Wii U yeah. stuff is on the Switch, but like, you know, what about stuff like Monster Hunter 4, which is mm. one of the best ones? Can't play it online anymore, I guess. Yeah. Because... So, what's the alternative? So, if there's like hardly anyone playing these games, I mean, I, I'm completely with you, right? I, I'm just playing Devil's Advocate here, but what, what should they do? Just keep it up forever. I think, what, just over 10 years after the console launched is a bit, you know, it's not much, is it? You know? No. Like, especially when we're talking about PS3 was still live until... Yeah. Well, like, or still live, sorry, and that came out in 2006. The, X, yeah, the original yeah. Xbox was live until, what was it, 2014? Mm. The Xbox One was out by that point, you know? Um yeah. Is it? Is it? I mean, it's hard, it's hard for you to answer this, I suppose. But how hard would it be for Nintendo to look at the, how big the communities are on those games are online only? Go to the communities themselves and say, okay, we're going to give you the ability to control these servers yourselves, right? To host the servers yourselves, give it to the community, uh, open source. You can manage it all. Nintendo has nothing to lose then. Um, Nintendo don't do that kind of thing, though, you know? Like, it yeah. took the longest time for Nintendo to even, like, sign off on, like, Super Smash Bros. tournaments. They're not really... Yeah. You know. I mean, like, there are still... They say on the um, on the, the page where they announced that they say something like, third-party titles, um, you know, there's a chance some of them might stay up. And I know that, like, Monster Hunter, the PSP titles, still have, like, custom servers and all that, and, like, Mario Kart yeah. Wii has custom servers so there will be some stuff that like survives it i assume mario kart 7 will probably the smash games will probably you know like yeah i don't know i don't i don't see nintendo doing something like that um ever really yeah where do you stand on this whole uh we've got a comment uh lewis barton all good things must come to an end uh i don't know that's like something that you buy right we had this debate last week if you buy a game when should that game remain playable till it's like if you buy a film it's not just going to suddenly not work in 10 years right if you've got the disc oh yeah no you should own it forever why are games treated differently to other mediums in that way because they have to be supported by online servers essentially because they were seen as toys for however yeah. many years you know like there there are moves being made now that people are like okay we need to you know there are like societies and all that who are like pushing for game preservation or doing their yeah. best to preserve all these games but like you know I, the problem i think the main problem is the wii u and 3ds shutting down wouldn't be such a big deal if there were you know if nintendo had like there were games in the Wii, like the Wii Shop or the Wii Virtual Console, that when you got a Wii U, you couldn't play. And the same for the Wii U. They didn't even bother a Virtual Console, and it took about three years to get, you know, NES games on there. But it's yeah. not the same ones. It's not the same lineup, you know? If, if they did more to, like, keep the libraries going forward, I don't think it'd be as big of a deal. But yeah. 
when it comes to stuff like you know i don't know it's hard i think that's the the back to the physical residual debate of this is why you should always buy physical media because yeah. they can't take that off you you know i don't think you should ever be able to have like licenses taken off you things that be like pt or anything like that you know like it shouldn't you know but yeah business it. it makes it even more particularly with nintendo right if you look at their nintendo direct obviously we stream together most of the games that were announced weren't even new games they were just remasters or remakes of games that they just took offline by shutting the eShop, right that you couldn't get so that that sort of makes it even more galling in, in my view that they can they can do that and then launch these games as if they're new and like new experiences but you could you could have got them if you hadn't have shut the eShop. And you could have experienced what they are rather than having to rely on how good a remake is, right? Um, well, when the likes of Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze um, got ported to the Switch, I believe they took the Wii U version off the eShop. Mm. The Wii U version that was cheaper and pretty much the same game, you know? like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this stuff has been happening for a bit, you know? Yeah. It's like... yeah, But it works, you know? I bought Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze in the Switch. I already owned it in the Wii U, you know? Yeah. Like, it works, because... I mean, the Wii U is a weird case, because, like, I'm one of the ten people who bought it. You know? <laughs> but, like, these may as well be new games to some of those yeah, people. Yeah, like... that's true, that's true. Does this worry you for the Switch 2? Could, could, could they... Could they turn around and say, we're not going to make any games back backwards compatible? Like, how... How they long can, is that? I don't know if they will. I, I think we've reached a point in the kind of backwards compatibility argument. Like we 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 had the kind of low point in the um PS4 era, you know, where yeah. you can get PS3 games. Yeah, and you yeah. didn't have Xbox 360 games for the longest time. Yeah. Um I think we're at the point now where like they know that's important. They're putting old games on the PS5. Even though Jim Ryan is like, why would anyone play this? You know, yeah. Um, I think we're reaching that point where I don't know. They could, but I don't think. I think they're smart enough not to, especially with something like the Switch. You know, like something that is yeah. so popular because you could still play your Nintendo have been good with backwards compatibility. You know, like you could play the Game Boy on the Game Boy Advance. You could play the Game Boy Advance, the DS, the DS, and the 3DS. You know, and it's been a bit worse than consoles, but that's more of a like cartridge problem than a yeah, you know. like a physical actual way to put them mm. in. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the question the question is though, you were talking about there how they took like a Donkey Kong game off sale because it was cheaper, right? And they took it off the old console for the new one. Think about how many people around the world have got a Switch. Why would they buy a Switch too? If if they if they can just carry on playing the games on the Switch, I mean there will be a lot of people who don't, you know. Um, but eventually, stuff has to continue. Like, why would you buy a PS Five when you can still play all the PS Four games? You know, it's like eventually yeah, yeah. it'll get to the point where there's nothing new being made natively for the Switch One. I don't think it's going to yeah. be like a an iPhone situation where this is the same ecosystem. But I think they would be 
I think it needs to be like an Xbox Series X situation where like everything yeah. available on an Xbox One works. Yeah. But then there's stuff that only works on the Xbox Series stuff. Um, I think it's slightly different with Nintendo, isn't it? Because it, the, there's a different sort of... Because the Nintendo Switch was sort of old in terms of hardware when it was launched, we've come to expect a certain graphical quality with the Switch, and we know it's not on the same level as PlayStation Xbox can do. And we've sort of got used to like different art styles and like you know fair play to all the developers and Nintendo themselves. Like the, the games that play on the Switch, considering the hardware, they look amazing. Like you look at Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, it's incredible what they've done with it. But is that what Nintendo games are about? If if they launch a Switch two with better graphics, right, and it's like way more powerful. It's slightly different, isn't it, with the, the Nintendo's audience and the type of players that play those games than a PlayStation or an Xbox would, where those communities are more likely to go, oh, look, shiny new graphics, whereas are, are the Nintendo player base really about how good things look or are they are bothered about the experience of the games? I mean, you, you say the words Super Mario Odyssey 2 only on Nintendo Switch 2, and that's it. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. for That's Nintendo <laughs> more than anyone. I think it's about exclusives. Like, I, yeah, someone buying an Xbox Series X is probably more of a like, look how nice this looks, look how nice it runs. You know, okay. I, I, part of me buying a PS5 was like, I think all this loading stuff is really cool. Like, I think the yeah, SSD yeah. speeds and stuff like that yeah. are really impressive, and the lighting's really impressive. But like, I can play Miles Morales on the PS4, you know, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And obviously we're getting to the point now where like Spider-Man 2 is only in PS5. But like even up to last year, God of War was still in there. But like so I think it matters more on PlayStation, whereas Nintendo just needs to say, you know, you can only buy the next Mario on Nintendo yeah. Switch 2, and that's it. You only buy the next Zelda on Switch 2. Yeah. All it takes. Yeah. Actually, no, not even them. You say the words Mario Kart, and that's it. It's yeah. Done, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that that's a good point, and I think I, I was just laughing at myself then because if they said new next gen Zelda only on Nintendo Switch Two, I mean I'm buying that. So you spot on, absolutely spot on there with that. Um, but let, let us know what you think in the comments because I know B- Mr. Binkle's gamer um, Nintendo Network should be shut down because you don't even have to pay for it. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? It's it's interesting. Like, I wonder how much it costs Nintendo to keep these networks up. Like, how much resource are they actually putting into this? Is it just? I can just imagine, like, it's in a you know, like there's you see in like films, there's just like a room full of computers, and like no one ever goes in there, and it's just these all these server racks. I can imagine it's just like one of those servers in a room and they literally go in there and like press the button to turn it off and then it all goes. Is that is that how you think it's like it's, as easy as it's that? Probably literally? again, I don't know when I'm not an expert by any means, but like it's probably not a major yeah. amount, you know. If, if yeah. Sony can still afford to keep the PS3 servers up so I can go in and buy a PS2 game on there every like every like yeah. year or so, I'm sure they can, you know. Like I don't imagine I imagine more people are playing the 3DS than they are the PS3, especially yeah. the Vita. Oh, oh. If they can keep the Vita yeah. online, which was yeah. a bigger failure than the Wii U even was, yeah. yeah, like you know, 
Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, what, what we've we've got? Um, I think it is going in that direction, right? We Alan Wake two, which is coming out this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this month. Is yes. it this yeah. month? No, yeah, this end month. of the month. Right October. In. October's mad. That will not have a disc. Yeah, with any copy. This is going that way. What What do you make of it, or what's your opinion on on the on the digital versus physical debate? Should that even be allowed them to sell a game without a disc? That's a weird one because, like, obviously, Epic Games is publishing that, you know, mm. and it probably suits them more through that, their Epic Games launcher. Yeah, and, like the yeah. only way you can get that is directly through them, or yeah. if they have to take a cut, it's from the console makers, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, physical games will get sold cheaper, um, at least over here. I know in America, it's kind of like. You're probably better going digital sometimes, but um, you know, like it's different for PC players, isn't it? Because like PC players, and I'll speak for Jasmine as well, because uh, obviously she's a big PC player, and I've got a PC, and I know mm-hmm. you're new to PC game as well with your PC. Then they haven't had disk drives for half yeah, a decade, no. you know. My, um, my last one had a disk drive, and that was like 2012. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to get a boxed PC yeah. game in that time. Um, so I think I think PC players have been sort of used to it, and that's probably why they've done it through the yeah. Epic launcher and stuff. But if you look at like Xbox and PlayStation players, it's going to be a bit of a shock, isn't it, to the system when they, you know, if someone walked into a shop and bought it, it's literally just like a plastic box. Even, with a code yeah, in. I mean, they've been doing stuff like that. I mean, don't didn't they do that with Redfall maybe or something like that? I don't think they did it with Redfall. Uh, every what uh, Redfall still gives me chills. How bad yeah. that game was. Microsoft um, definitely did that with something recently, I believe. Um, Starfield, like, the collector's edition, mm-hmm. that was two hundred and fifty quid, where you got the watch and you mm-hmm. got the DLC expansion and all that. That didn't come with the disc. That came with a uh, a digi stick. No, sorry, a credit stick. So, you know, the credit sticks that you pick up in game yeah. that, that came with a credit stick with a code in it or on it. No, it would have been in it. It's like a so, you're so you're paying 250 quid, yeah. yeah, and no disc, right? So, I mean, yeah, I think that's the thing that you they did it for the God of War collector's edition, but they just did that because it was like this game's coming out in PS4 and PS5. So, and I'm assuming so you don't get a disc, yeah. Um. I mean, Like what? a Dragon Gaiden is coming out uh, only digital here. It's getting a disc in Asia, but not here. So yeah. it is happening more. But but will you, will you feel uncomfortable? The first time, how will you feel the first time where you buy a car? It's, that time is coming where you will soon go into a shop and buy something, potentially. And you will not get anything physical in the actual how how does that make you feel that, that that you just don't even get anything physical? Is it? I I just I mean at that point I would just not leave the house, you know. Um, but I I don't buy new digital games too often, you know. If yeah. I'm buying a game, it's going to be a physical copy mainly because it's cheaper, you know. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the big thing. Like, why am I paying more for a download than something that yeah. you had to print a disc for and put in a plastic box and ship? You know, like, why am I playing, paying more to sit in my house and click the download button? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, the thing, though, isn't it? This this going to digital, it gives it gives people like Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation, gives them that power to charge more. 
because they know this is the only place you can get it, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's I mean, all good stuff things like, must come to an end. That's what Lewis says, and stuff yeah. like Game Pass is going to push this as well. Where like you know, you've got all this readily available digital stuff. So why would I go out and buy a physical copy? Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Forza Motorsport. Oh. Forza Motorsport. Um, it, it does come with the disc, I think. I was just, I was just trying to like push the game. You're just trying to leave, trying to get. But yeah, I've yeah. been playing. Um, I've been playing Forza Motorsport. Uh, for for about a week or so now, and uh, it's as as a technical exercise, it is amazing. The graphical fidelity, the real real time ray tracing, the physics. They're they're so good, but it does feel like going to the dentist. In that it's so clinical, like it, it's one of those things where it's like you know when you go to the dentist, it's such a, like a nice experience. Like you go there, you sit in the waiting room, you're seen in a nice amount of time. Everything's so clean. They do their job really well. You go, you think, oh, that was good, that was all right, that was fine, right? You get everything done, but you never want to go back there. And it's sort of that it's sort of that same experience with Forza Motorsport. It's like everything is very clinical and all the modes are very there's no like it's all about the cars. And I know that's the point about these games, but there there has to be some sort of personal human element to it. And there's just not. There's just nothing there. There's no like driver development. There's the there's the same formulaic pattern over and over again. Like it, it makes you do a practice session before every race every single race, even though you can skip it in the menus, they never tell you you can, and you have to like dig it out in the menus to actually find it. And it says required on screen. Mm. So like for the first few races I was doing, I was like, I've, I've already played this track. I know this track, right? Why well, am I having to drive it? And it just, it's just an overly format thing. And I really enjoy it as a serious sim race. I really enjoy it. And I really enjoy, you know, the cars and, like experiencing everything from like older F1 cars to GT cars, to like LP cars and like even hatchbacks have been really fun. I've been having loads of fun with like Subarus and, and Mitsubishis and, and uh, Volkswagen Golfs and things like that. But um, yeah, it's just a little bit clinical. It's a game that's hard to love. It's basically like Flight Simulator. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say, I love Flight Simulator. I go on it every day. It's like something you go on there to be like, oh, this is amazing, and then you don't go on it again for six months. It's it's that sort of it's that sort of vibe. I think, and this is this is ignorance on my part, um, but a lot of car games seem to just kind of be there to be like we've got a new console. Let's show the graphics, you know, like especially yeah. on the Microsoft front. And yeah. Forza Horizon is really good, and that keeps the looks up, and that's like fun. That feels like what they want to be making. That's more you know? of like a party game, isn't it? Yeah, like, as well it's as like, a driving game. Yeah, like GTA, uh, GTA, GT Seven. Um, yeah, I, I picked it up because I was like, this will look very nice, and I like it. I like playing it, but it's the same kind of hang where like, yeah repetitive it's very clinical yeah. and it's like it's the thing that i like to boot up and i like to go into like my my garage and yeah. like go into photo mode and see all yeah. like the dark splatter effects and all that like yeah, they yeah. always look so nice but i think a lot of them struggle when it comes to being a game you know yeah. so I, I, I get that like 
Yeah, I'd agree. I think the most popular games are the ones that focus on on a part of racing or a part of cars. Yeah. So you've got the Need for Speed, which is the customization and the, the the lad car culture, right? That that comes with that, and the fact that you can like put ridiculous spoilers on it and ridiculous body kits on your cars and stuff, and put nitrous oxide in your car, like that's just so cool, right? And then you've got the more niche ones, if you can even call them that, like the F1 series, for example, where you can like be your favorite F1 driver. You can race on the same tracks as them and you can it, like realistic sort of experiences compared with that. And even like dirt, the, the dirt series, like the, the rally games, like the WRC, like they're, they're very popular within their communities because they're very focused on that specific style of racing. Whereas Forza Motorsport and Gran Turismo are sort of in the same league. I, I completely agree where it's like, who are they appealing to? It's like they're trying to appeal to everyone and no one at the same time. I'm I'm a sim racer. I've got a full-on sim racing rig. I've got a direct drive wheel. I've got a dedicated uh, like seat with a monitor screen. I play F1 games. I play R-Factor, a set of Corsa, all those type of sim racing games because I love the immersion of it. And I love Forza Motorsport, but like, d- does, it, does it add anything? by playing it like I, I don't feel like i want to go into it right now you know I, I i need there's sort of no reason for me to go in there other to look at stuff and i just haven't got the time to just go in and just look at pretty cars um i'd much rather play f1 and like do a driver yeah. career for example and like make myself in the game and you there's a mighty mode in the f1 game where you can make your f1 own f1 team and like upgrade the car and create the livery and stuff and that's so much better um and also I... Just to finish up a point about Forza Motorsport, they've changed the way the upgrades working on the cars this time around. So in Forza Motorsport, you can upgrade. There's 800 upgrades available, unique across all the different 500 cars, right? But the only way you can unlock the upgrades and you can't buy them through microtransactions are through this thing called car points. And the only way you earn car points is by driving that specific car so you have to drive that car for hours to unlock everything mm. on that specific car. And then for ex- there are some cars, there are two variations because they're two different liveries. So if you do the blue one, but not the yellow one, you unlock everything for the blue one, but not the yellow one. So then you have to repeat the process on the yellow one. And it's the same with every single car. So it's just, I said, it, it's like the first car PG. Like it's, 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 it's unnecessarily grindy, you know. Mm. It's just un—it's just unnecessary, um, and I don't really understand why. I, I understand why they've done it is to keep people in the game more, but it does feel a little bit—it does feel a little bit cheeky to to put that sort of mechanics in. Uh, again, I'm, I'm talking to someone who is not does not have a big driving rig setup, um, but I liked Forza Two and Forza Three yeah. a lot. Is but that the motorsport soon... series? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But as soon as Horizon showed up, I had no interest in going back to motorsport. Yeah. But then again, I'd rather play Burnout Paradise than any of them. I'd rather play Crash Team yeah. Racing than any of them, you know? like. So See, I'm maybe not the best yeah. person to judge, but... See, Horizon, I, play it, I played it for a bit, and it's good, but I, I it's not my thing. Mm. I only played it because I like cars and I like the graphics and stuff. In terms of actual gameplay, I'd much rather rag around a track than mm-hmm. go from point A to point B on like roads that like aren't challenging, like it's just straight. 
I just I wouldn't I wouldn't place them quite as high as everyone else seems to. I think they're all quite solid. I mean, Horizon's yeah. cool. Horizon Four was really cool because you could yeah. drive about like places yeah. you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, always yeah. like a weird experience. Like, oh, I've yeah. been to Edinburgh and I can drive down it. Yeah, I can remember how terrible driving in Edinburgh is. <laughs> um, but um, you know, it's I don't know. Again, it's Forza Horizon is also in a weird place for me. The same way you say that motorsport and GT, they're like, they're not quite that full on sim, but they're not yeah. quite like the arcade thing. Horizon it's closer is- this year. Forza Motorsport is yeah. closer to a sim. Like it was, it was sort of, it wasn't difficult. I don't want to be sound too braggy because I'm used to sim races, right? But I was able to work it out quite quickly. But I, as a casual, if you just to turn all the assists off, it, it's it's hard, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not easy. To, to drive but you have got all the assist there if you want to use them yeah um but I, I think horizon falls in the same kind of thing where like y- yeah it's, it's like a fun arcade eraser but why would i do this when i've got you know burnout paradise yeah or need for speed most wanted which is a banger possibly the best driving game of all time ever being real yeah um i would say crash team racing no, i'm talking about the one did I say most wanted? I meant Hot Pursuit. You said most Hot, wanted, yeah. Hot Pursuit, sorry. Hot Pursuit 2010 by Criterion. Absolute banger. Highly recommend. I think they remastered it, maybe. I I am the reason why I got excited is because I am a most wanted. I'm in the most wanted camp. The BMW on the front cover, the story involved in all of that as well. Uh I really enjoyed that. Um but yeah. Uh, I think that's about what we've got time for um, this uh, Mirror Game walkthrough. Thank you so, so much to everyone who watched. Thank you to Aaron, who had to go off uh, at the start. Um, thank you to his thoughts on Assassin's Creed, Mirage, and Jim Ryan. Scott, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about Jim Ryan, Nintendo, and physical versus uh, digital. It's always always fun. Um, and if you've watched us together on uh, our Party Animal stream, you'll see that we have a very nice, friendly rivalry going on there, even though Scott is way better than me, uh, which does get under my skin a little bit. And uh, I think I think it's fair to say our relationship changes when that game's loaded up. Um, but I can't wait to see when we play that again. So if you, if you want to see that again, make sure you get subscribed because we will be doing it. Uh, but thank you for joining me, Scott, today. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. I need Except to practice when it's on party animals. Yeah, well, I need I need to get practicing. Uh, definitely. Uh, thank you so so much, everyone who's watched today. We'll see you next week at four pm on the Mirror Game walkthrough. Uh, have a great week and a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.